1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. This is Bucky Buckstabber, founder and executive director of the Fly Fishing Collaborative. At the Fly Fishing Collaborative, also known as FFC, we mobilize the fly fishing community, outdoor enthusiasts, and people of goodwill everywhere to create sustainable solutions to poverty and human trafficking. We have many different initiatives to accomplish this goal, but our primary focus is building organic and environmentally friendly aquaponics farms for communities suffering from trafficking because of a lack of resource. If you're interested in funneling your passion for the outdoors to benefit those that need help the most, then visit flyfishingcollaborative.org. Josiah Pleasant, Executive Director of Agathos Village here, to specifically invite you to positively impact the vulnerable in Juneau, Alaska, in partnership with FFC. Bucky and I have been blessed to be a part of Transformational Impact Abroad and are stoked to bring our lessons learned home to serve the marginalized. If it breaks your heart to know that the vulnerable are literally left out in the cold, don't have community, a home, or healthy food, join us to make a tangible impact by donating or making plans to volunteer with us. You can donate at www.flyfishingcollaborative.org and write Alaska in the notes to help us help others. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Dustin Nichols with Chasing the Tide Saltwater segment here on the Paddle and Fin podcast. Um, pleased to bring y'all a new guest this week. Um, we're having uh, Mike Ashworth. He's from uh, the YouTube channel. Texas Fishing Force, and he's right here with us, going to join us tonight, get some answers from some of these questions I have for him. So we're going to bring him on right now. Mr. Mike, what's going on, man? How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Stoked to have you on, brother. We, uh, you know, I'd like to start out um, a little, you know, kind of like how I like to see how everybody else is doing and uh, what got you into uh, fishing when you were younger. Well, what brought you into fishing? Uh, fishing in general, my, my grandfather actually owned a marina in Tennessee. And so every oh, summer I would spend my entire summer, months up there, uh, fishing and working around the docks and stuff. And, and really, that's that's what started my love for fishing. You know, I've, I've been doing that since I was, uh, I guess I was uh, probably eight or nine when I started going up there. And uh, it just continued on. Yeah, like, uh, you know, you just get that that bug man um yep. from when i was young you know just catching them them big shell cracker or bluegill on on live worms or just on the bottom and just when you're like nine ten you know you get that that i got one i got one you know you get all excited and that's still how i feel today catching the fish you know same yeah, it, way you know <laughs> it didn't matter back then i you know i could catch these tiny little bluegill which was all around the dock out there and yeah. i still I, I absolutely loved every moment of it i mean I, those are some of my best memories of my life is uh, spinning out there at that marina. Oh, yeah. Right on, man. So um, w- when did you arrive um, in Texas and, and start fishing the coastal waters here? Um, so I've lived in Texas pretty much my whole life. Oh, okay. But realistically, I started 
fishing hardcore, uh, I, I guess a few years back. I mean, I fished my whole life, but when I, I really got serious about it was probably about four or five years ago. Yeah. And, and you were fishing out of a boat then at first, uh, transitioning, so, wade fishing in boat. Yeah. A few years ago, I, I, uh, I did have two boats over those, uh, the course of about two years and I did a lot of boat fishing and, and I was fishing freshwater and saltwater kind of going back and forth. And then I ended up with a bigger boat. And so I started doing some of the offshore stuff and, uh, just really, you know, slamming Galveston and offshore. Um, yeah. in the meantime, I did a lot of wade fishing, you know, uh, learning those areas that I couldn't get to with the boat. Yes. So. And then, then came the kayak and you can get everywhere. <laughs> yeah, kayaking is new for me, but, uh, man, I, I love it. I, that, that's probably my new favorite way to fish. Yeah. That's what I was wanting to get into. Cause you had, you know, you primarily, a, you know, started out as in the boat and then wade fishing. And then you just, you're, you transitioned into kayak fishing pretty well. Um, and I was just wanting to get your insight on that. How, how was that transition, um, getting into you know, a kayak and, and learning all the spots and trying to, you know, get away from the boat traffic, you know, that's, that's exactly what it was. You know, I had, I had a friend that told me, look, you need to get a kayak. You need to come out with me. You need to do, and I, I had always had the boat. I had no reason. I had no reason to do that at all. And then I sold my boat and I said, you know what, I'm gonna pick up a kayak. I'm going to go out. And I did it. And it was, it was really one trip. I went out into the marshes, into some areas that I couldn't get to with a boat that I've never seen. I've never fished before. And uh, luckily on that trip, I ended up with like two bull reds, like on my first trip. And I, I was just hooked. I was like, this, hooked, yeah. this is awesome. This is yeah. so much fun. You yeah. know, in fact, I did a video on that, uh, my first kayak trip. And, and even in that video, I was just laughing. I was like, I, I can't believe how much fun this is. I can't believe I've never done this. This is yes. you know, <laughs> so great. Yeah, it's uh, definitely it, fun. That's what that's what got me going, you know, was just like the ease of access, you know, how you can just find a public easement park on the side of the road and slide into the marsh and go find the fish you know well, that's it, that's what was cool about it to me too and that's what it is you know I, I used to launch the boat all the time and it was this big ordeal with a kayak you know i pull up i slide the kayak out i throw it in the water and then i can go and the biggest thing yeah. for me in kayak fishing is you can go to places that you can't wade you can go yes. to places that boats can't go yes. but you can also go to those places that they do so you really right. you're unlimited where you can go yes yeah yeah, you get down low enough, you can slide in underneath the, the culvert yeah. pipes and get in the back lakes. And there's some, there's especially freshwater, there's some of them areas with them smaller bridges the boats can't get under, and you can get under there. And same thing with some of the creeks and bayous on our coastal waters. Yeah. You can do the same thing and get back in them hard-to-get-to areas that haven't been pressured, which are few and far between these days. But there, every now and then you, you find that hidden gem, man, and it's pretty crazy, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what what uh, what's your favorite fish to target right now what, what have you been been hard on lately you know i uh year round i like to target redfish because yeah. you know especially in the marshes they're easy to find and you can really just slam them all year round but this time of year i really like chasing those like trophy trout those big big trout. you know that is probably my most favorite fish to catch uh really when they get a, you know 24 inch plus they're, they're just yes. so much fun they're so much fun yeah and that's what that's what i'm focuses on right now this time of year is one of my favorite times of year for the for the bigger trout the little cooler temperatures mm -hmm. um slow it down throw the bigger uh um you know corky style baits or, or twitch baits uh bigger soft plastics a little slower retrieve yep. find a little bit of deeper water you know yeah this is this is my time of the year you know the redfish bite had just been really hot the last two months you know the redfish was just yep. going mental in the marsh last two months we had some really um abnormal high tides that fall at equinox with the bull tides we had and then the shrimp were just everywhere and those oh. first couple of fronts we just had recently that big arctic blast we had about two weeks back um just made that situation the dump happen you know where the, the bait just gets flushed out and the every every fish out there is just staged up at the at the at the, the drains and everything and they're just gorging and they're yep. just they're, they're pretty easy to catch for a couple of days there <laughs> yeah but yeah. uh there's a few weeks where, uh, I mean, it, it seemed like every cast I, I was pulling in a redfish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, I had fun um, pretty much the whole month of October on top water. I mean, yeah. just just watching for the bait fleeing and, and the little blow-ups on the grass line and just fired it in, just a couple <laughs> twitches and, you know, and they were just, oh, man, it, it was 
it was mental. I mean, yeah. it was freaking it, insane I, for about the whole month of October. <laughs> and that, you know, that's my favorite way to fish is fishing top water just because you see that explosion yep. and, you know, and, and it's just a, such a harder hit when they hit it, you know, I mean, it, it's, yes. exciting. it's exciting. Yeah. Do, do you have a, um, a backup rod with a plastic laid out just in case they're like short striking where you could fire that, that All, in? Yep. Always. Yep. Same always thing. I, I do the <laughs> same thing bass fishing with frogs. I, I have a, a rod with like a weightless sinko or a wacky worm. And if they're missing that frog, I'll just throw that rod down and throw it in there and try to catch them on that weightless worm, you know, and it yep. works. It works the same way for redfish and trout. Mm -hmm. Sling a spoon or a soft plastic in there after that missed blow up and you're usually going to pull a fish out. Yeah, yeah, that's always good to have that backup, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I generally rig one rod with like a uh, a top water, and then I'll mm -hmm. rig one with a soft plastic, you know, a DSL or something. And I, I just, I, you know, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll throw those top waters. And the moment I miss one or or I see a blow up, I'll switch real quick and just, you know, fling it out there. And that, you're gonna you're gonna hook up on fish for sure. How how do you feel about um those wake baits like the hunchbacks and and stuff like that? You've been using any of those lately? Uh, very little, very little. Very you little. Know, but honestly, fishing has been so good right now. I haven't yeah. really had to do a whole lot of trying really out. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I haven't had to switch too much up. You know, uh, if it, if it works, you keep on. You yeah, know, you just you, yeah use what works for sure. Yeah, I got I had some luck on um on throwing the uh like the like the ribbit frogs. Yeah, when yeah, the, yeah. When the tide was super high, I was doing pretty good on the on on my actually flipping stick with a bass setup. With like 50 pound braid and ripping them out of the grass and then also i've been taking a um a gold bladed chartreuse chatterbait taking the skirt off and using a bone colored soft plastic on it and fishing it yeah. parallel to the grass lines letting it bump off a shell and stuff and i've been catching redfish on the chatterbait wow that's awesome pretty cool just to expand yeah. that you yeah. know you know uh yeah it's just you know Redfish are like bass, anyways. They're like crazy. That's what we always. Really? My, grand, yeah. my granddad always called right. them uh, spot tail bass in Georgia, <laughs> exactly in the coastal right. water in Georgia. Spot tail bass or channel bass or red bass, and you know redfish. And they were always fun to catch, you know, back in the day too. So I've always loved those fish, man. They're just brute brute force, pound for pound. And fish are strong. They have that big broad tail. They can get moving, and, and just that. That drag pull, man, just just gets you gets you going. <laughs> love when they hit it, and you can just see that line take off, like it, you know. Yeah, it just yeah, you, water. Like, yep. Yeah, you see them, and you like you hear the blow up, and then you like set the hook, and the it's already like thirty yards the other way, and the line's like <laughs> zipping through the water sideways. Yeah, I got a I got a couple of those on camera recently. It's pretty oh, yeah. damn cool. That's 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 the most fun just to see them like slice that water. You know, yeah, gone. Yep, they're gone. Yeah, yep. So and you said you do you do fish uh, freshwater too, correct? I do. I don't do as much. Um, I, you know, I really enjoy saltwater fishing because yeah. you never know. You know, if you're in freshwater, chances are you're, you're going to be fishing for bass all day. Right. And in saltwater, you can hit three species back to back to back in the same exact oh, spot. Yeah. 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 And then if you're closer to like the passes and, and stuff like that, like in, in Port O'Connor area, um, I know the Spannies come into the bay. You got a chance to like some tarpon. Yep. Some of the back areas here where around this area and down toward Corpus, there's snook. Yeah. You I never just, know if you're going to catch snook. I've caught a couple of those this year in my areas, which is I pretty crazy. Caught, uh, I've never caught a snook, but I just saw somebody caught, uh, they caught three of them at the pass uh, a few weeks ago. Wow. So. Yeah. They're thick in Corpus down around the Packery jetties. Yeah. Um, every now and then you'll catch them out there on the, on the edge of the intracoastal, they'll bust the top water. Yeah. And uh, I know South Padre, they're thick down there too. Port Isabel, there's a there's a guy down there, um, Brian Barrera, he's on DOA's uh, pro staff and, and does some really good stuff down there with tarpon and snook. Man, that, I've been meaning to get back down there and get on some stuff with him. It'll be out of boat, but you know, I'd like to mothership the kayak at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't mind doing that. I don't mind doing that. So, so when you fish freshwater, um, uh, was that what you you said you started out younger? You were you were more freshwater, and then you kind of transitioned into saltwater. What what tips would you give to somebody new? Um, say if they moved to the a coastal area um, with similar fishery to us, what we have, um, and wanted to transition from freshwater to saltwater. You got any any tips or, or tactics you want to help help give out? I think the biggest problem when anybody switches over to saltwater is they are so focused on the fish 
and that is not what you need to learn. You need to learn the tidal movements and the wind and the conditions because that is going to help you find the fish way faster than learning what fish do. You know, exactly. uh, once you once you figure out the the environment and, and why fish uh, are in certain areas and why they go and 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 those tidal movements when they're feeding, it's easy to catch fish after that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Those those tidal that tidal flow um, here definitely pays. It pays to pay attention to that, and along with the salooner tables and the feeding times, it, it all like comes together, you know, and, and it really helps to to pay attention to all that. So yeah, that's that's definitely a big yeah, plus to let everybody know on that. Yeah, and that's just one thing that you don't really care about when you're freshwater fishing, I, you know, or you know, especially tidal movements. There is no time, you know, you don't have to worry yeah, about. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so but once you learn those conditions, finding fish is easy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's real cool. Uh, the, you know, we have so much here available to us with our with our coastal inshore fishery. It's just insane. Um, have you gotten a chance to uh, do any uh, offshore fishing yet out of the kayak? Have you have you had a chance to experience that yet? No, I want to so bad. I really want to go offshore. I mean, I used to do a lot of offshore fishing off the boat. And yes, uh, yes. You know, and that really when I had the boat, that's where I was going. I was going offshore because, you know. Uh, so just, much fun <laughs> and again you know you can catch 30 different types of fish on a yes. fish trip offshore and so i really want to take the kayak out and i, I really want to I, I want to get an amberjack off of a kayak that would be that would be really cool that would be a real texas sleigh ride right there yeah yeah, yeah. you know I, I want something big like that you know catching kings that would be fun too yeah. but to pull up an amberjack off of a yeah. kayak that that's my dream i, I want to do it next year rig donkey yeah yeah again i um Last episode guest Chris Castro, um, he's big time on the on the offshore deal. He 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 caught a, a sailfish off of Corpus Christi, wow. about thirty eight foot of water, um, eighty six or eighty seven inch sailfish on his kayak That's uh, in the uh, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, that's pretty rad. It's pretty rad. He's he's uh he's got a YouTube channel, Next Level Fishing. Um, he uh he's got some good content out there too. Yeah, and uh. Yeah, I just want to say you got your uh, your channel, uh, Texas Fishing Force. Um, what what brought that about? Did you do some stuff on the boat too for a little while? Did that how it started out? You know, uh, I started this channel really for myself, my friends, and my family. I you know I had these cameras, and I was posting up pictures of fish that I was catching every week. And then a family member told me that you know they asked if I would video some of that so they could see you know the fight, and so I did. Uh, I started videoing that, and then I posted it up on YouTube. I made a channel, and it was really just for me and them. And then, you know, I logged on one day, and I had 100 subscribers. And, I, I you know, it was confusing to me. I didn't know where this audience <laughs> came And so it just kept growing, and then I, I totally switched my channel rather than it just being, a, you know, a friendly thing. I had an audience at that point, and so I, I started to really help people and teach people, and people were asking questions. And so it, became, it, it really became something else. Um, and it just continues to grow. So it's, you know, it, it's really neat. It was a neat process, but it, it was yeah. never my intention to be a YouTuber or a, you know. Right, right, right. That's the same. That's how I feel about my channel. I just wanted to put some stuff out there when I had a chance. You know, I can't, maybe can't put a video out every week like I would like to, but, um, you know, it's just a there for for outlet for media, showing some good fish catches, some good techniques. Yeah. Sharing some recipes here and there. Yep. Uh, using it as a platform for what I have to do um, as a part of Jackson Kayak. Um, we have to do some stuff for them blog-wise. It's good to have some video to go along with the stories. So that's what uh, that's helped me with. I could really, I don't mind if it grows or not. I just, it's, it's out there if somebody wants to watch it. That's how yeah. I am too. I'm the same way. I don't, you know, if I get more subscribers, it's cool. But if I don't, it's not a big deal. <laughs> I'm just, right. I just stoked to get out there and, and get some, some, footage and, and and write a story about it i'd much rather write about stuff you know i do an article in that saltwater uh, anchor magazine here we have in texas it goes out to a lot of places on the coast here and then goes to louisiana you know i try to put a little bit in there every now and then um but yeah youtube is a uh, is is definitely uh going through some growth um also yeah. with a lot of a lot of people uh, you know a lot of fishermen kayak fishermen um mm -hmm with channels and everything and you know there's some there's some good stuff out there and there's some some bad stuff going on so yeah, yeah that's I mean, part of the game 
I think really, you know, the kayak fishing is what made my channel, you know, kind of grow the way it did. You know, when I was just doing some random fishing, I'd get some views here and there. But the kayak fishing, once I started posting that, that's when my channel really kind of took off. And, uh, you know, as I started researching that a little bit more, there are a ton of people doing kayak fishing on YouTube. And that platform is yes. just huge for people that want to learn. Right. It is. It's like a, a great uh, learning platform because there there's so much stuff out there and then like i say there's a lot of stuff out there where where people are giving away some really good tips and, and techniques mm -hmm. too you know there's definitely some good content out there um, yeah. for people to learn from so yeah man uh any y'all listeners out there on on podcast land out here y'all go check out uh texas fishing force on youtube um see some good content some good fish catches. i know he's had some good uh flounder catches on a couple of his recent ones um yep. you know this time of year the flounder are moving here in texas um, doing a little annual migration for the bigger ones to go out and spawn, make little flounder babies, and come on back and grow for us. So, uh, yeah, it's been good. Um, been on some pretty good ones over here. So you've been you've been having some good luck with some flounder over there around the Galveston and Freeport areas. Yeah, they're everywhere, and you know I never target flounder ever. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and everyone you know gets so excited this time of year, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go catch those," and I just don't see the point of uh, spending a day chasing two fish. Uh, but, you know, when I'm out targeting redfish and even trout, I, I almost always come back with one or two flounder anyway. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's just that time of year. I mean, they're everywhere. Right. They're, yeah. I don't specifically go out and target them. Yes, yeah, the same. You know, if I happen to pick up a couple here and there, if you're around some nice uh, marsh drains with an outgoing tide and there's a little bit of a trough out in front of them, they will be laid down in front of there waiting on that bait to come to them. So you just pitch that soft plastic up in there and bounce it out, yeah. let it flow out with that tide and bam. Yeah, well, not only that, it, so. but fishing uh, for trout on those drop-offs, those flounder yes. like sit on that shelf it's, anyway. Yep. So the moment yes. that bait comes over that shelf, when you're trying to catch those trout, those flounders are going to hit they're it. They're going to hit it anyways. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. And they're great eating. They're great table fare. So oh, yeah. I don't I don't mind having a couple of them on my stringer. And this year, this time of year in Texas, we can only have two. Yep. Um, and there's no gigging allowed in the month of November. Um, I remember that now. Um, yeah. Right. It's got to wait. Wait, wait to gig till the first of December again. Uh, yeah, just uh, let all them fish get offshore and spawn. Let all the big ones get out there and make babies. Um, but yeah, flounder are—they're fun. They're a fun fighting fish too. You know, they—they they turn sideways to you and, and and they'll pull some drag. You know, you get one over twenty inches, it it make you think you you got a redfish. They'll they'll take off and run pretty 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 good on that initial hit. You know, um, man. But yeah, I, I like to eat them. You know. Especially, you know, like you said, we're targeting redfish and trout around these 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 drop offs and ledges, and yeah, they'll be sitting right there waiting, waiting, ready to go. So, uh, I mean, even if you're in Florida or, or coastal Georgia, South Carolina, it, it could probably um, adapt to that too. Those marsh drains um, and those ledges, those flounder would be sitting on there waiting to ambush bait. You know, they're an you know ambush predator. They're going to sit there and wait for that bait to come to them, and then bam, they're going to jump up and grab it. So. Yeah, good time. It's a good time of year for him here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I know you were just saying, you know, with, with the with the with YouTube platform being such a a good thing for for people starting out kayaking. Um, and what's your take um, on how it's growing right now? I mean, just in, on the saltwater side too. I mean, it's just insane. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. And you know. Before, when I wasn't doing a lot of kayak fishing, I never realized what kind of community this is. You know, I've always been in the fishing community, at least for the last couple of years. But when I got into kayaking, it, I mean, it, it blew my mind how many people are into this. Not only that, but everyone is learning and everyone is trying to figure out, you know, uh, all of these tricks and tips and locations for kayak fishing. I mean, it's just a whole new world. And, uh, I mean, it's growing so fast. And I think a lot of people that are doing other types of fishing are now realizing that you can go to places that you can't when you're on a boat or when you're, yes. you know, wade fishing or bank fishing, you know, a kayak just opens all your options up. And so you have a ton of people flooding into kayak fishing now and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Like you said, there's places you can't get in that boat and then there's places you can't get when you're wading. If you're up to waist deep mud, trying to wade in that, that's no fun. And that's a lot of times where them big girl trout are going to be this time of year. They're going to be in waist, waist, waist deep water with, waist deep mud and you're not wading to that and uh you know on them warm days that sun's out it's heating up that mud that mud's holding heat and heating that water up 
And those big girls will be coming up off that bottom. They'll be cruising around looking for some bait that's going to move up to that warmer water. Yep. And, man, I, I, I like that this time of year, you know. But, yeah, kayak fishing in general, saltwater and freshwater is just – it's uh, I thought it was going to hit a curve, you know, hit a plateau, you know, a couple years back and, and just kind of level out. But it's just steady. And I, I don't, steady going up, man. Yeah, I don't see it slowing down for years, you know. Yeah, yeah. All, uh, new companies coming out and they're you know really focusing on kayak and, and the the tournaments too a lot yes. of new tournaments just for kayak fishing uh, i think it's just going to continue to expand for you know at least a few more years oh i know I'm, i know that'll be a topic on some of the other uh segments on pal and finn about you know the new announcement from bass that just came out mm-hmm. they're adding a, they're adding a, a, a kayak series and then with uh the flw um with kbf and the trail series for them then the hobie bass open series i mean here's a busy year next year and then then for for guys like me and you if you're going to fish in freshwater stuff too um then the saltwater trails here we have three different redfish trails we have the lone star kayak series we have the rudy's yak attack and we have the um the saltwater uh the saltwater angler magazine series and then the saltwater survival series too yeah (laughs) hopefully they'll come back yeah so that's four yeah but the uh, redfish, the saltwater angler ones are pretty good. They got a pretty good payout for a team events, and and that's how that uh, the Rudy's is too. Jeff Austin runs that one, what he does with the uh, the boat side of things too. They they do a good job. And then the well, then the IFA comes two times yeah. also, um, and that's a one trout one red tournament. I like that too because I like I like the ones where you got to have a trout also because that kind of kind of breaks it up. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, I mean to me. Redfish are, are dumb. <laughs> like 90% of the time. I've caught a redfish on a marshmallow, popping a marshmallow on a on a bare hook and caught it. He hit it like a top water and I caught a redfish on a marshmallow. Yeah, and, and redfish, <laughs> you can literally make a kayak and you can drop, you know, your bait yeah. three inches from your kayak and they're gonna hit it because they're, they're too gonna stupid. hit it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Figure out. Yeah, so yeah, I, I like the ones that 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 open up a little bit. Like, um, there's a group, the uh, San San Antonio Kayak Fishermen. They have a trail, and they'll have two two freshwater events, and they'll have two saltwater events, which oh, is really cool. cool. So to kind of break it up. And uh, last year, I know I couldn't make him scheduling and stuff with work, but he had a his his, his aggregate stringer was a uh, your combined length of two trout and one redfish, which was pretty damn cool. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, man, that's the ones I want to be in because. Yeah, you know, I I'm usually on pretty good trout. Yeah, and then then the redfish are just you know they they come you Honest. know where you're gonna be at you know it's all good, um, but yeah man it's uh the growth right now is just through the roof you know there's so many companies coming out with new things, um, you know Bonafide and and uh, Native merging and then with mm-hmm. Jackson we we kind of rebranded into Jackson Adventures to kind of cover the whole thing. Uh, you know, with the uh, recreational side of paddling, camping, hiking, and kind of all that kind of stuff mixed into one. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's insane. I mean, like even during the week now, I can I'll be on the water, and it's like usually there's like I'm usually a lot a lot to myself in a lot of spots, but I'm starting to see other other kayakers around and launching at different places and stuff where I'm like, man. I don't think I've ever seen anybody else launch there before. And then there'd be somebody launching. I'm like, okay, I see now. I see. I say, man, yep. it's growing. It is growing. You know, I, crazy, 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 crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's exploding right now. And, uh, you know, I like it. I, I think it's awesome. You know, it, this community is really uh, something else. Yeah. Well, um, what's your uh, what's your go-to gear right now um, on the water? As far as uh, saltwater setups, uh, rod and reel wise, uh, what what are you using out there? I am using uh, Cajun rods. Uh, mm-hmm. I met those guys and the owner of uh, Cajun Custom Rods at the fishing show last year, and mm-hmm. he, you know, showed me some demo of those rods, and it was incredible. It was uh, so I picked one up then, and then I've been in contact with them since then, and they, they've sent me a few more. So that's what I'm using now. I'm using the Cajun uh, Revenant Elite and the Cajun Coastal. Uh, by far my favorite rods right now. I, I absolutely love them. In fact, I've let other people use them, and I know of at least four or five people that have bought those now because they really are that great. 
they're not graphite they're rolled carbon rods ah uh, they're different uh yeah they're rolled under pressure and heat and i don't know they make them really really strong and super super sensitive because of that but oh, um cool. so i'm using those and then i'm using the shimano corrado dc reels and i absolutely love them i used to be into Luz and some of these other brands yeah. and i just don't see myself picking up any other reel that i'm gonna like better than those dcs they're fantastic yeah i was just curious to how those are going to hold up on the saltwater side of things that's that's uh because i i'm diehard lose fan i'm i'm on their team i'm kind of that's all i've pretty much known <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it I, is, is <laughs> yeah i have two lose uh inshores and and i really like those but that dc uh, for me that you know that was a game changer the, with you know, the digital controlled casting yeah. control is, is 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 something else huh i haven't put my hands on one yet i I've you nailed know. one. I haven't thrown one, um, and I'm open to it to check it out. I'd, I'd really love to see it. And I, what, what was just curious to me was how that's going to hold up in the corrosiveness of the salt water because I know, you know, all I, reels give or take, you know, here and there, you just got to keep them clean. Yeah, <laughs> I talked to a uh, a guy uh, that works at a local shop, and he uh, he repairs reels, and uh, he's the one that turned me on to it in the first place. Yeah. But asked him after I got mine about, you know, how they held up because I was worried about that too. And mm -hmm. he said, since those have come out, he has not seen one DC come in for repair. Huh. He's, he's seen them come in for cleaning, but never a repair. Yeah. And uh, that, and I, I agree. I mean, I've dunked mine and yeah, it, it still rolls. I mean, it, it it's great. And the well, cast we're, we're, is amazing. We're rough on ours. Uh, you know, we're that close to the water. We're getting splashed. We're getting redfish slapping water in our face, yep. you know, um, it's just all crazy that how much, you know, we put them through hail. We put our, yeah. rod, our rods and reels because, I mean, we're you're pretty much high sticking when they're going under the kayak. So you're putting all that stress on that rod and that reel, you know, because I, I usually run 20, 20 pound braid or 30 pound braid on mine and then run like a small length of 15 or 20 pound fluorocarbon. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so you, you know, that's, uh, you know, most of those rods really aren't rated for. 30 pound tests no. you know so you're fishing like a medium fast rod you know six nine is what i throw a lot with my top waters and you know that red changes direction and goes under your kayak and and he's just bending it doubled over almost tip the handle and it's like you're almost high it's like you're high sticking it and that's what breaks a lot of rods and then a lot of these rods are holding up to that which is crazy because we're we're tough on our gear i mean yeah. we are tough on our gear i mean i've had my rod Underneath my kayak and i was really worried and so i'm glad you know that i started that cajun uh rods because they held up and it, it pulled that fish out just fine you know and yeah uh, i know a lot of rods wouldn't do that oh yeah i know and i like a little higher speed too so you can like if you're getting missed fish or something you can burn that bait back if we're just hitting on the shoreline you can burn your your top water back real quick and fire it back in and the same thing with ripping them out of the grass. You know, if they're on that grass line and you got to thumb down on them a little bit, you can thumb down and reel them and, and, and kind of horse them into you as long as you don't uh, bend yeah. your treble hook and straighten the hook out, which I've can happen. That. So I always yep. try to upgrade all my hooks whenever I get new top waters. I don't trust the um, the 1X strength ones. I like to get a 3 or 4X hook yep. VMC and uh, – and, and and upgrade those so yeah there's a tip for some of y'all new anglers that might jump over the salt water and be forcing some redfish in um change your stock hooks out on your top water doors the yeah, spectrum the spook juniors yeah, yeah. <laughs> spook juniors your skitter walks your your she dog top dogs even corkies they might sink a little faster maybe you can't tell much of a difference but yeah speaking of corkies are are, are you throwing some of those right now Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I am, this is my time of year, uh, because of corkies. I love catching fish on corkies, those trout bite on, you know, plus, you know, with all of these new, uh, these new corkies coming out with all of these different colors, it's yeah, really custom colors. Yeah. You know, yeah. All, all of that, you know, I, I just picked up a bunch of those, uh, high cotton. Yeah. Corkies. From, uh, from coastal marsh. Coastal yeah. Branded. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's does some, and then the then the the Paul Brown sends out. Um, I know certain uh, tackle stores here in Texas have have their own versions. I know Jimmy uh, at Waterloo Rods. He gets a custom order in and does some of the, the color yeah. specific. They'll get them in there. And Anglers. then there's uh, Anglers Anonymous has some of their own, and Bad Marine out of Galveston. Yep. Uh, over that area, will get some custom colors in, kind of their own colorways. 
and uh, they have that. Um, they actually have broke back ones at some of the at marker thirty four. Um, Marina. Okay. They have a broke back, the broken back corkies, and those are those are pretty cool. Those get a little different action too, a little yeah. bigger profile too. So, you know, that's what I see. I, I see this time of year those those trout are, um, especially when these big Arctic blasts come through. You're going to see them metabolism slow down. They're not going to want to exert as much energy chasing small bait fish. So they're going to put more work into catching something bigger like a six or seven inch mullet than they yep. would chasing some little small mud minnows or or, or, or shad. So well, those bigger profile baits and those slower moving baits are what is going to help you catch one of those trophy fish, you know? Yeah, this is when you're going to catch those really, really big ones on those huge topwaters and those huge corkies anyway, yes. you know? Uh, especially yeah. midday when it starts warming up a little bit and then you switch back over to top water that i mean it really that's that's uh your best bet for catching those really big trophy fish yeah and that's what i did on the midday bites during the full moon yep when that yep. moon's underfoot in the middle of the day and it's heated up and warm that mud up yeah and you're throwing that, that come up there slow walking a one knocker and yep. they'll just come up and just slurp it they don't necessarily explode on it they just come up and just you don't even know you got a hit and you're like your, your rod's moving to the side and you're like oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. sometimes they'll pull that on you they'll pull that quick trick on you right there or if you're you know walking the dog on it and it's no longer walking you know yeah you're, you're like yeah you're where, <laughs> where's that where's it go and they're yep. like swimming to you with it or it's going sideways same thing yeah just slowly moving away with it yep yeah that's that's this time of year is is it you know so you use um use any spinning gear? Do you throw any kind of finesse uh, like the bugs lures or or a little small um, spoon or something or anything like that? You have one of those rigged up when you're on the water sometimes. The um, the uh, marsh monsters from um, South Coast tackle, uh -huh. uh, which is very similar to the uh, bugs, yeah. uh, and I like those a lot, um, especially for uh, redfish. You know, in the marshes, those those are perfect. They're they work. Fantastic, high quality. Uh, I like those a lot. Uh, I don't use uh, spinning reels really ever. Um, yeah, I've got one, and I'll bring it along every once in a while, but uh, it's pretty rare. Yeah, even with a popping cork, you'll throw a baitcaster yeah. sometimes because I will too on a seven six on a longer baitcaster. I'll throw a popping cork. Yeah, yeah, I, I throw uh, I throw a popping cork on the six uh, eleven. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, with a baitcaster, uh, same thing, Corrado DC and um you know that, that's kind of new to me too is doing a lot of the popping cork stuff and i really really like it especially on those days when you're really struggling you know mm -hmm. it just gives you that extra noise to attract yep. fish yeah and, that's uh, my that's my search my search bait <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is yep that's the search bait for them higher tides where you're not seeing them tail and they're just cruising the shorelines and you're not actually seeing them blow up or hit your top water. You just start working that shoreline with that pop of cork and, and call them out of that grass, you know. Um, it's also good, too, when uh, you're in those areas where there's so much bait yes. that fish don't really need to find your lure. So that just gives you that advantage. It'll bring the, those fish over from that noise. And, you know, uh, I mean, there's a lot of times you're going to get over into the marshes and you're just going to see bait everywhere, you know. Yes. And it's so hard to trick a fish into over you know the live bait that's running so yeah that's, that's a great a great point right there yeah that definitely definitely helps it hone in on that with that that extra noise like another fish is right there and they want yep. to get over there and get that bait away from them you know yeah so yeah there's different types of pop of course if anybody out there might not be familiar with it you know you have some that are just like a a wire through with a couple of beads and they're just a, a bulbous shape you know and just kind of slide through and pop but then you got one with a cupped cup surface that make a little more chugging noise and, yep. and get the rattle from the glass beads and, and, and different stuff that are on them. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll call some fish in when you're, when you're struggling and they're, they're, you know, it'll call them out of that grass, man. Um, it's a plus to have one of those with you. Sometimes it, it pays off. Absolutely. Yeah. Good deal, man. Shoot, man. We moving on along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going, it's going. Um, Anything else that's a must-have um, on the water that helps uh, somebody, say, just starting out the saltwater side or, or even freshwater side of kayak fishing, um, something you have to have on that kayak, you know, besides a PFD and a light, 360 light if you're launching early, 
Um, anything else to keep your gear close by or anything else you'd like to have on hand? Uh, waterproof tackle uh, boxes, for sure. Because yes. I've yes. dropped a few of those in the water. Um, <laughs> you know, Everything's yeah. so compact when you're on a kayak. And when you're moving things around, especially when you're fighting fish, the chances of you losing gear is uh quite a bit higher than if you're you know fishing off of a boat or even wade fishing where you got everything yeah. secured um i really uh, i i had to switch out all my tackle boxes for that reason uh they're all waterproof now yeah the ones with the water the gaskets that seal yeah, yeah. I, I have those i even keep my soft plastics in like the deeper ones um in a waterproof box myself so yeah that's that's good to go and you're fishing out of uh what kayak are you fishing out you're fishing out of a hobie hobie out back Yep. and outback yeah and see as, as as the you know technology with the kayaks become way better over the past few years with the stability you're not really having to worry about really tumping over and and all that if you're fishing out of a stable platform like that so right. do you have a box in the back you have like a uh a, a crate do. some type of crate you keep your boxes in there yeah uh you know and that that's really uh I store everything in that box, you know, yeah. I put all my tackle and, and all of that. But I also, you know, I'll bring um, trash bags along and I yes. bring, uh, you know, I've got my VHF radio attached to yeah. that. And uh, a lot of people don't bring that. But if you're fishing, you know, ocean ever, you, yes, you really need VHF radio. Yeah, just one of those portable ones. Right. Because you know what's going to happen. I mean, I've seen that weather change in a heartbeat. Instantly. And, yeah. And, uh, you know that's a lifeline <laughs> yes that's this last this last front we had that big arctic blast we had a there was a couple people who had to get picked up down around the rockport area yes yeah, um, yeah. yeah with the uh coast guard coming in and all that that front hit them and that front hit hard we were coming back through uh from houston and i'm telling you it dropped 30 degrees in 30 minutes and it was mm -hmm. 30 30 to 40 mile an hour winds it went from 79 degrees to 49 degrees in like 30 minutes for real yeah, and it, yeah, it was fast. It, it, that's how it is in, in Texas. Uh, you don't well, like the weather. Wait five minutes. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I've seen that happen so many times when I was on my boat. You know, I'd be out there and it'd be perfect. Just, you yes. know, so nice. And you see a few clouds come up and that weather changes so fast uh, that when I did get on to the kayak, I didn't really care. Even if I was in the marshes, I'm, you know, and I've been out there when you, you, you had six, seven mile an hour winds. And then all of a sudden it's 25, you know. So, you know, that, that's if you're, you're, you don't have a pedal drive and you're in the marsh in a paddle driven kayak and it you're paddling back against the wind with a, you know, three redfish on your stringer and a couple trout. And, you know, you're you're hurting. I, I actually like to carry a fish bag sometimes, too. So in case something like that was to happen, I have a fish bag with some with like a frozen two liter bottle stuck in there, mm -hmm. a, a two liter bottle full of water with, you know, to hold me over throughout the day and just throw my fish in there and get that drag off of the rear end of the kayak all them if, if you have a good stringer full of fish but yeah, yeah um man that that out back in the marsh has been treating you pretty good huh getting you where you need to go i like it a lot you know i um because i'm you know relatively new to uh kayaking that's all i really have experience with but you know there's tons of great kayaks out there i'm just so happy with mine i, I really haven't even looked into other kayaks i just i like it you know it works yeah. for me i've got it figured oh, out that's cool well, that's cool. Yeah, that was one of the reasons I, I wanted to bring you on because you had, uh, you know, you're a little newer to, yep. to fishing out of kayak. You transitioned from a boat. So that was I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, and I enjoyed your videos. I've been following your channel. So I want to bring you on here and get some people to know you on here. Yeah. And, uh, hopefully hopefully uh, get some people to your channel, too. Uh, then we're we going to have to get on the water. <laughs> yeah, sure. For sure. I said, uh, come over here. We, I mean, uh, it's been on over here, man. We got some... Uh, you know, this time of year is just fun. Uh, the mud flats around here with some deeper reefs. You know, the trout, the trout are there. So it, yeah, it'll be yeah. it'll be that time. You know, um, that's what I want this time of year. Is a yeah, little trout. Yeah, that's what I was. We were talking about that. Um, we had a little live deal last night on one of the uh, Facebook groups, Kayak Fishing Tech Texas. And uh, I was supposed to go on with somebody else. We had some technical difficulties, but we, you know, we got to talking about some some wintertime trout and i might have i might have let some stuff slip but <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the talk about the boat harbors on the coast you know a lot of places uh, we get those big arctic blasts um they close them down but there are a few there are a few along the texas coast that you can you can fish um that you know they're 17 18 foot deep 
20 foot deep and those trout stack up in there after these fronts and it's pretty easy pickings um if you know how to fish them and know it's, it's a plus to have a fish finder when you're in there just as yeah. it is in some of these uh these river estuaries that dump into our bay systems um don't count those out there's a couple around uh our area colorado river i mean same thing you don't get a lot of rainfall you don't have a lot of freshwater influx those trout are moving up in those river areas in that deep water um san bernard river brazoria river all over there same thing as long as you don't have a lot of runoff flowing down yeah you got push a good tide movement those dip, those trout and redfish push up in them deep holes and man you can find them stacked up with your side imaging or your down scan and just sit there and, and catch one after another it's just like it's pretty fun too you know same thing intracoastal same thing you know all these little cuts and, and stuff off of them with the little drains coming out to the intracoastal with the ledges same thing you know uh, yeah, is, that's why I say it's my favorite time of year. <laughs> I actually talked to a guy uh, that was fishing up in, uh, I don't even remember what river, but he was out there catching bass and redfish side by side. You oh, know, yeah. 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 I've yeah, done well, that in the, in the Sabine River at the Texas-Louisiana yeah. border right there at the I-10 bridge, fishing yeah. a bass tournament and hanging, hung into like a 28-inch redfish on a, <laughs> on, right. a on, on a, um, you know, uh, a KVD uh, rage crawl, you know. Starting to rage, rage minutes or rage crawl, uh, yeah. pitching for bass up against the bank against wood and rip a redfish out of there. You're like, holy cow, you know? Yeah, they're they're up there. That's how it is. You know, same Louisiana and the bayous and all that too. They're catching bass and redfish. A lot of them guys over there are, are pitching crawfish style baits at sight casting to the redfish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, shoo shoo lures. Shout out to them. They make some of them. They make some really cool hooks with a little small Colorado Colorado blade on them you know gives a little extra flash pulling through that grass i I like to use those with a with a uh, the cadence the big magnum or a big gambler flapping shad yeah, that, yeah that wide gap hook it has that little extra colorado blade off the back of the weedless hook and it just gives it that extra flash coming through the grass man oh. yeah i really like that too um so hey uh yeah man we, we we've been rolling right along we're gonna try to wrap this up <coughs> excuse me um i want you to uh Anybody you want to thank or, or shout out to, you know, plug your channel. Uh, it's, it's your it's your platform right now. Go ahead and, 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 yeah. and see what you got to say, brother. Yeah, uh, I actually would like to uh, shout out. I just uh, started my new partnership yesterday with Pond Hopper Nation, so I want to definitely shout them out. Uh, it's a good uh, organization that helps to teach kids how to fish. And uh, so we're partnering up uh, as of yesterday. Um, so definitely I want to give them that shout out good organization good people and uh you know they just encourage fishing for the new generation of anglers so oh that's really cool man yeah that's awesome that seems like a good organization get to get behind too you know sounds yeah. good yeah. so cool man well um i know i look forward to meeting you in person this weekend i'll see you saturday on yeah. lake fayette yeah. uh we're <laughs> both going to be fishing uh, uh southeast texas kite bass league and uh 38 fishing teams uh toads for toys tournament it's a little uh charity tournament um on lake fayette um <clears throat> we'll see how that's gonna be i know we got a little yeah. front coming through tomorrow evening uh it's been fishing tough the past past few weeks we're gonna see how it's gonna end up we're gonna be off the salt we're gonna be chasing those green fish saturday yeah. so <laughs> yeah, look out for that man it's gonna be, be fun <laughs> it's gonna be fun uh that lake is is man that lake is usually fishing good this time of year and it's uh it threw a wrench to me the other day, so yeah, uh, I had I had seven bites. So um, yeah, fishing all day, it, it, it threw a wrench on me. It was it was tough, kind of hard when it's like that. But you know what? You gotta you gotta grind it out. I know the biggest thing I say um, <clears throat> to anybody that is, is thinking about doing even freshwater or saltwater tournaments is is uh, I've said it a couple times in some articles and stuff. Is is men mental preparation and and and, and just don't let I mean, if you're not catching fish, don't let it get to you. Because once it starts getting to you, it, it affects you. You're gonna yeah. start, you know, you're gonna lose that drive, that gumption, <clears throat> and it's gonna it's gonna draw you down, man. So you really gotta be focused. You want to keep that mental focus, because because uh, it that's what made me pay off and end up catching my third and fourth, fifth fish the other day. I kept grinding, kept trying to figure it out, and I finally got them key bites at the end of the day when that would have gave me a five fish limit, which you know, is great, you know, because yeah. Because if I would have gave up and just been like, oh, man, it just got all mad, it, it wouldn't have panned out. So, 
man, well, that's, that's that's another good point too. Is uh, you know, if you're not catching fish, change something. Change yes, something. You exactly. Know? Don't yes. keep doing the same thing over and over again if it ain't yeah. working for you. Exactly. Oh I yeah. Do that all the time, and that you know, there, there's a reason you're not catching fish. So switch something up. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, dude, uh, man, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, good times, you know. Like I said, he uh, he's a YouTube channel, Texas Fishing Force. Go check him out. Uh, he's on uh, YouTube with that. Is there any other platform they could follow you on? You on uh, Instagram? Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, I got pages on all of them. So On all of them. Texas Fishing Force on all across yep. the board. Correct. Okay. Cool deal. Well, man, I hope uh, hope to see you on the water Saturday at, at, at Fayette. Yeah. And, then, and then we're going to get together and, uh, and chase a big trout. Maybe we'll have you back on. That'd be and great. Talk, talk about it. some trophy trout on here and, and, and share some of that. So, uh, man, I thanks again. And, yeah, I appreciate uh, and, uh, it. Thank you. thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Dustin Nichols with Chasing the Tide on the Palin Finn Podcast Network. All right. Later. Thanks. Go check out the website, guys. Paddle, the letter N in Finn.com. Also, check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N in Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at Paddle and Finn. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Leveling Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Finn logo right on your catch board. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the Recycled Plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water. Do you love our podcast and want to help support us even more? Well, now you can. You can simply go to patreon.com forward slash paddle, the letter N, Finn. Or you can also go to anchor.fm forward slash paddle, the letter N, Finn.